Welcome to the Monday show of AJ. Let's talk sports. How's everybody doing? Almost the end of October. Halloween is this weekend. Hopefully you guys have fun doing that with your family and your kids and be safe and all that stuff. Top headlines. Here we go. Deshaun Watson. Surprisingly, he's still part of a team. Still awaiting trial, I guess, with these 21 alleged, whatever you want to call them, sexual assault cases or sexual cases here. But uh, Roger Goodell still letting him part of the team, which is crazy. I don't even want to get into that, but he's open to trades. Miami Dolphins and Carolina Panthers emerge as the option. He has a no trade calls, which is he can decide where he wants to go. Multiple teams are interested in Watson. Dolphins are up there. Carolina Panthers are up there. They lost 25-3 to the Giants, and the Dolphins lost as well. Dolphins aren't playing very good at all. Tua Tagovailoa, whatever his name is, sucks. The Athletic first reported that the Panthers renewed interest in Watson. NFL trade deadline was November 2nd. So you got till November 2nd to figure out what Watson's going to do. Where's he going to go? Who knows? Probably nowhere. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson has sprained PCL, which I don't know what that is, but he's going to miss two to four weeks. Who is the backup? I have no clue. So this is reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN. Wilson was hurt on a second quarter hit by Patriots linebacker Matt Judon and the Jets 54-13 loss. 54, let me just repeat that again. 54-13 loss. The number two overall pick said his right knee got twisted and he felt a pop. Whoa-oh, whoa-oh. The Jets are 1-5. JTS losers, losers, losers. We're down 17 to nothing when the injury occurred. Wilson is placed by Mike White. There's your quarterback. Mike White, who made his NFL debut and likely will start in the rookie's absence. So there you go. Kyle Shanahan. This is a 49ers update on whether Jimmy Garoppolo will remain 49ers quarterback in Chicago. At, that was This was at Chicago when he was asked it. And he said, I would guess so. I wonder if he said it like that. I don't know. With San Francisco 49ers losing streak at four, the outside calls for rookie quarterback Trey Lance to replace Jimmy Garoppolo to continue, but he's not going to. On the heels of a 30-18 loss, Indianapolis Colts had dropped 49ers to 2-4. Shanahan was asked if Garoppolo will start next week against the Chicago Bears. I would guess so, he says. I'll watch this tape and see if guys are healthy, first of all. So, kind of anxious to see if Jimmy G will start in Big C with the Bears. <laughs> Anyways, there's your top headlines. What up, though? Now we're getting to our topic of conversation. We're talking about Ohio State versus Indiana. We want to talk about um, all the college picks that I picked. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Looks like seven college picks and see how I did in that. And then we had our NFL. Uh, picks as well. I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Monday Night Football, who's playing, and the odds. He got some prop bets for you if you want to play some bets. And we're going to talk about the UFC fights that I just did. And I actually, and the whole card went beast mode on it. That's all I got to say. So let's take a look at this past weekend's Saturday games, the slate on Saturday. Probably We had a couple upsets and close upset alerts. And this one was a big one. Was a big one, and I lost this one, and it was the under, so I totally missed this game. Illinois-Penn State, 2018 and nine overtimes. I actually did this game, if you tuned into YouTube, I did this game, um, play-by-play commentary on my YouTube channel, 
it was pretty fun. I like doing it. I enjoy doing it, but I don't know if you can like watching it. I'm going to try to upgrade it and all that stuff here in the next couple weeks, here in the next month or so. It, but uh, anyways, Illinois, Penn State, the it was favored, what was it, 24 and a half and 46. Illinois actually won by two in overtime. It was awesome. I watched the ending of it. Satowski looked really, really bad, but didn't need him because what would Brown do for you? Chad Brown, 223 yards rushing all over Penn State with a touchdown. Dude was a freaking stud. Illinois' defense, our offensive line was doing really, really well, and you couldn't tell that Illinois had a crappy defense. Because they get supposedly they give you give up so many yards, but they did not in this one, and I lost that one. I picked uh, Penn State by three and over under forty six, which did not happen. But the Fighting Illini gets the win at Happy Valley against the number seven team in the country. Goodbye, Penn State. Goodbye. Oregon versus UCLA. Oregon versus UCLA. That was a really close one. UCLA was actually favoring in this one. I picked UCLA by two. 61 was the over-under, and I got that one right. So I went over on that one. It was 65. So at least I went half, and I went 50% on the Oregon-UCLA game. Um, what's that dude's name? Uh, actually, he didn't even do that great. That Charminade or whatever his name is. I don't even know his name, but it was uh, UCLA was only favored by one actually at the time of kickoff, and 62 was the over under, and I got it. So we went over, we picked UCLA, so again, 50%. Didn't watch that game, so I don't know what's going on in that, so I can't talk to you about that one. But the LSU and Ole Miss, LSU and Ole Miss, Ole Miss just dominated. Um, Coral leads number 12 Mississippi over Oregon, LSU 31-17 with Ed Orgeron gone from LSU. Uh, maybe the interim coach there. I don't know all the ins and outs of LSU. Don't really follow them, but Ole Miss dominated. Mississippi was supposed to win by nine and they did. So I got that and the over under was 76. Definitely did not get that. It was 77 at time of kickoff, but in Oxford, Mississippi, Ole Miss gets the win. Coral gets the win. Everybody's happy. And Ole Miss goes home with the dub. 31-17. And that was under. So 50%. Went 50% with the LSU and Ole Miss. USC, Notre Dame. USC, Notre Dame. This is USC's Trojans out in California, Southern California. 31-16. Notre Dame beat that one. And I'm surprised. Notre Dame actually, I, I, they're really iffy with me. They're 50-50. You never know what, they're, what you're going to get with them. Um, so they win. Let's see. They were favored by 7.5. They won by 7.5. And, and I picked them. And the over-under was 57.5. And, and I picked the over. It was at 60 at the time of kickoff. So that was under. So I went 50% again with that game. Now another USC versus Texas A&M. But this USC is um, South Carolina. 44-14, Texas A&M, the Aggies, looking like they did beat Alabama. 44-14, over the Gamecocks. College Station in Texas, go home with the win. 19.5 is what they are favored by, and they did win by that, and I did pick them. Over-under was 45, and they did go over, and I win the Gamecocks versus the Aggies. I got that one 100% correct. So I went 50% all the way down in the Illinois-Penn State game. I did a loss, so that's kind of a push. We'll call it a push for this week. 
because I totally missed the first game, got 100% in the last game, and 50% during the middle. So we pushed that one for this weekend with the NCAA picks. Going to the NFL picks. Okay. NFL picks. Okay. Now, so this was yesterday's games, yesterday's slate. So I got a couple written down here the Washington versus Packers game. Washington versus Packers. The Packers. Washington actually looked pretty good in this game. They should have won, but they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. So Green Bay Packers went 24 10. Rodgers did pretty good 247 yards and three touchdowns. Heineke actually did pretty well with the rushing as, as well. He almost had 100 rushing yards and almost 300 passing yards, which is crazy. McLaren had 122 yards receiving and a touchdown. And Aaron Jones didn't do jack crap for me in fantasy. He only had six, 19 rushing yards on six carries, which sucked. But that was at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. I always wanted to go there. I was living up there, and I still didn't go. I'm kind of pissed off about it. Green Bay was favored by eight and a half. One by eight and a half. And I picked the Packers. See that that was see when I did this show, it was they were only favored by seven and a half. But then there, during the time of kick, it was eight and a half, and the forty eight it was forty nine over under. Now it's forty eight over under, and they were under so fifty percent in the Washington Packers game. Call that a push. Chiefs versus Titans. Chiefs versus Titans. And I did I get this one wrong or what? And I am about ready to trade Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill off to somebody on my fantasy league because they have not done very well at all. Titans start fast. Simply dominate Mahomes. Chiefs, 27-3. Titans, getting it done. I do have Tannehill as my backup, so I might have just to start playing him for the rest of the season because Mahomes looks like jack shit. Makes me mad. Anyway. Oh, geez, I don't even want to start, but who cares? They're going to probably start picking it up here. This was in nice Nissan Stadium, Nashville, Tennessee. Kansas City at the kickoff was favored by four. Over under was 59. Tennessee dominates. So ten, I get the loss on that one, and I picked the over under. I picked the over on that. It kind of kickoff was 58 points, and that was under. So I totally missed. Get the L in the Chiefs-Titans game. Next pick. Let's try Bengals and Ravens. I actually had this game. I picked the Bengals on this one, and Bengals dominated Baltimore. You know what? This was at Baltimore. I believe so. It was at Baltimore. At a, a way, an away game for Burrow and Chase and Mixon. This looks like a, the dynamic trio here. Burrow, Mixon, Rookie Chase, na 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 Bengals against the Ravens, W. Sorry, did I go too far with that? Burrow Chase lead the way. Bengals speed past Ravens, 41-17. W. Sorry, Bengals get it, and they are leading the division. Look out, Cincinnati. The nasty natty gonna win in Baltimore. 41-17. Who wants some? Burrow with over 400 passing yards. Mixon with a touchdown. Chase with over 200 receiving yards in the game. Total domination against the Ravens, and I love seeing it. I might be a, I'm gonna be a diehard Bengals fan this season, boys. I might have to get some tickets, boys. I'm really excited, boys. I went down to Kentucky. I'm telling you what, when you go down to Kentucky, and you see the stadium. My 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 daughter was thrilled about it. We have to probably have to go. I'm gonna take her to a Bengals game here soon. 
by the end of the season, hopefully, maybe a playoff game, that'd be freaking sweet. But drove down to Kentucky, saw the family come back. I'm telling you, there's no better skyline when you're driving and when you're coming from Kentucky into Cincinnati. It is so freaking cool. If anybody has done that, I know all my friends and family and that, that live around here in Cincinnati and Ohio and Dayton and all that stuff. If you have driven from Kentucky to Cincinnati, you will see the best skyline you've ever seen in your entire life. I Snapchatted it too when I was driving up. So you come around like the bend, and you're like, you never know when you're going to come up to it. You go down a hill, up a hill, down a hill, turve, curve, 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 because it's kind of like in the hills, you know, like in the mountain, a little bit of the mountains and stuff as you're coming down into Cincinnati. So like you're in the hills of Kentucky or whatever, and then you're coming into the 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 holler or not holler, but you know, like down into the in a valley or whatever into the Cincinnati. So you're coming around, coming down, and all of a sudden you come around this little curve and bam. The whole skyline of Cincinnati from all the way to the left side, all the way to the right side, you can see the bridge, you can see the stadiums, you can see the big old sky risers, you can see everything all the way across and everything, it's pretty sweet. There's no better skyline, and I'm not really that big of a Cincinnati fan, uh, city-wise or anything like that, but that's there's your skyline chili dogs, and that's what I try to eat every weekend now. Love skyline conies. Gotta have your conies today. Anyways, so, and no, I don't have a sponsorship with them. But yeah, anyways, Baltimore is favored by six anyway. Uh, over over is 40, 46. So you get the over and get the win for the Bengals. And I picked them, dude. I picked them. This was an awesome pick. This was a big money line pick. You would have won big time on this. And this was 100% for me. Bengals over and over 47, which was freaking sweet. Big time money line on that one, boys. Eagles versus Raiders. Eagles versus Raiders. Now I won this one, too. So let's see here. Uh, they were at kickoff. They I hate Philadelphia though. By the way, I just don't like the Eagles at all. But anyway, so this is on Fox. This is in Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. Over under was only one point at the time of kickoff. Over under was forty. Or spread was one. So the spread, at, but when I was did it was three. So I picked that. So I'm getting all. The, I'm getting the points from the the time that I got it. So I had it at minus three, and it was over under forty nine when I did it. So I get the win on that one. Big time dubs. Big time money on the NFL picks, dude. I got I would have made, made some good money on the NFL picks this weekend. And then the Colts 49ers. So on the Eagles win Raiders, I had a Raiders win in and then over on 49, which I got. And I would I won that one 100%. So the Bengals game I won. The Raiders game I won 100%. Then we're going to the Colts 49ers. Colts 49ers on the Sunday night game that just happened last night. I didn't really watch any of it. I was kind of upset because my... I don't know. I just I needed Pittman to have a big big game because I was down by forty points Sunday night going into the last game. But anyways, Colts win thirty eighteen. Um, I think I lost that one. Yeah, I had 49ers winning. The over under was forty four for me, and uh, I did. I got the over. I got the over on that because it was forty eight, and I had it at forty four. So I went fifty percent on that one. So there's your uh, your NFL picks. For your, what is that, week seven, I believe. Yeah, we're in a week seven, pretty much almost halfway through the NFL season as of right now, and we need to start getting some tickets. I'm telling you that much. So the Bengals really surprised, and that was probably the pick of the week with the Bengals winning at Baltimore, with Baltimore really steamrolling the past couple weeks with the injuries, but it's finally catching up to them. So let's talk about... I kind of want to talk about the uh, UFC fight. I'm not going to go hardcore into it. Um, 
but let's just discuss it. I had, so I, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and try to look it up. There's a big time fight this weekend too, though, on October 30th. Yeah, so I got it pulled up right here. And I actually went, you know, I went like 100%. I, I don't want to like ruin it or anything. Um, but we're getting ready to talk to it about the UFC fights. I'm doing really, really well. I just wanted to say I, I'm doing so well that my cousin even told me that he's going to put money on the picks that I do. Starting this, this, this weekend. I don't know if he's going to actually give me 50% of the earnings. But we are I've been like 90 to 95, almost 100%. Now, on the main cards, I've been back-to-back -back 100% on the main cards. But I do like the ESPN fantasy, UFC fantasy picks, the pick'ems on the UFC fights. And I, I usually go about 70. My lowest I did was 33%, but that was like a while, a couple months ago. But I'm usually around 70 to 95% on my picks for the UFC fights, which is ridiculous. And I, I'm just... I, I'm, I'm afraid to put money on it because if I put money on it, and then I'll start losing. But check this out. So I had Nikolai. Nikolai won. Knockout. Round, round one. 118. He was actually favored. So I had I picked a couple favorites. Tornado and Grant, that was like a toss-up. But Tornado won. I had Grant winning. But that was like kind of a push to me because I went to decision. It was kind of close. And they both were favored. It was like 122 and minus 104. Five, so that was pretty weird with that welterweight fight. So I'm going to toss that up. Then after that, uh, Caceres versus uh, Chow, saying Wu. Uh, Caceres submission round two, but pretty good with two three thirty one left. I saw that a little bit of that fight, caught the back end of it, and I had Caceres. So that was a plus two twenty five. Got your money back on that one and some. Jessica Rose Clark versus Edwards. Uh, Rose Clark pretty much dominated, ground and pound, took her down on the ground anytime at will, decision, round three, and got that one. And that one was a favorite as well with the minus 130. And this in the lightweight division of the co-main was really tough because I kind of wanted, I wanted Rick Glenn to win, and he was winning. I, it was kind of a back and forth. This game, this fight was a draw, which was a push for me, but I think Glenn actually got the win because he had him. Uh, he had him in like a Darsh choke at the end of the round three, and he was out. Dawson was out. Glenn lets him go, and he just falls back to the ground and lays there. He was out. Ro eyes rolled back in his head and everything. Then your lightweight, he light heavyweight main event, which I really kind of want to talk about because Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori, they kind of went at it and banged at it. But before the fight, though, Paulo Costa didn't make weight. Vittori said he didn't care to do it, whatever. It's supposed to be a catch, catch fight catchweight fight at 195 and then at the last minute decided to be at 204 so both fighters waiting at 204 but which is really kind of interesting making Paulo Costa the bad guy is kind of like a good cop bad cop type scenario here in this main event um for Vittori so he's probably going to get a lot of uh a lot of people on that a lot of viewers for him supporters because makes Paulo Costa look like the evil villain here so obviously, if you're, I'm just going to ask this though. If you're if you're ready to fight in two weeks and decide, and the other fighter decides to go at 180 to go to 195, and then at the last day decides to do one uh, 205, how are you coming in at weight at 205? If you're if you know you're supposed to be cutting at one to 185, how in two weeks do you gain 20 some pounds? I don't get it. 
But maybe another option, too, is maybe he cuts a lot of weight. Maybe he walks around at 215, 220, and then cuts weight. I don't know. I don't know how all this wrestling and all this weight cuts do. I don't. I feel like 15 pounds to 20 pounds is a freaking lot to weight to cut in one to two days. I'll tell you that much. So something going on behind the scenes there. That's all I got to say. But um, Paulo Costa-Vittori was a pretty good fight. I mean, it wasn't like the best fight I've ever seen, but they are kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Um, but Vittori gets the win. I get the dub, and I'm pretty much 100% in my UFC fights. So what are you going to say about that? Nothing, exactly. I win, you lose, and I'm awesome. So anyways, there's your uh, UFC fights that I was wanting to talk about. Now we're into... Um, our, what was I going to do? I was going oh, to do the Monday night football thing. That's right. I'm glad I, I looked down at that. Because the Saints and Seahawks play tonight. And it's going to be at Lumen Field. I believe that's... Uh, I don't know where that's at. That is... Uh, shoot. That's going to be in Washington. So that's going to be Seattle. That's Seattle's field. I didn't know that was, I didn't know that was the name of Seattle's field. They must have got a new field. But I was going to do some odds here. Then we're going to do some prop bets. So... Over under 41 and a half. New Orleans is actually favored by four, but it's going to be in Seattle. Again, Russell Wilson is not playing. And again, I think there is going to be no win for Seattle at Seattle. So, which is pretty sad that New Orleans gets favored at Seattle's home game. So, we are going to do the over for over under. We're going to pick the Saints. And we're going to give them four. I don't even care. I might not write down these prop bets, but I'm going to talk about them. How many receiving yards will Tyler Lockett have for Seattle? The over-under is 46.5. So we're going to go ahead and pick the over for that. How many receiving yards will Gerard Everett record? And I'm going to do over on that, 18.5. Um, let's see, DK Metcalf, 58.5. Let's go over on that. And that's just the way it goes. I'm going to pick Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara hasn't really done much. It's going to go under on receiving yards for Alvin Kamara, under 32.5. So there's your three prop bets that I'm picking for this game. And there you go. And I have, obviously, like I said, oh, look at that. Points against Saints are number one with points against. Kind of looking at some team stats here. Saints are also fifth in interceptions. They're not first because Dallas Cowboys are freaking first because of that Diggs dude freaking beast mode. Anyways, we have any tweets to talk about? Yes, they do have some tweets. Cool. They have tweets about Ben Arthur. I don't know who that is. Anyways, taking the Saints at Seattle, and you got your over-unders there, and you got your spread, and you got some three prop bets to talk about if uh, you decide to do that. So, here is that. And now we're going to get into the top 10 most scary sports moments of all time. And this one's really nasty. I, I just want to bring this up. We're at number four. Number four. This is I think this is the 99th episode for me in my podcast starting last year. Now we're into the 100th episode on Thursday, I believe. If my number mathematics is correct. So we're let's just get into this. I actually watched this YouTube video and I wish I would not have. It says, this one's called Blood on the Ice. It's uh, NHL, Buffalo Sabres goalie Clint Mollerchuk. I do not recommend you watching this on YouTube if you are a little squeamish about blood. I'm just going to let you know. And it was kind of crazy. This is 1989, March of 1989. 
Um, it's about uh, the blade skates. You'd be surprised if this doesn't happen as often as you'd think, especially with these skate blades that come off so easily. I was even watching a hockey game last week, and the, and the skate blade came off. So I watched a video. Here was what happened. And we're, we're going to talk about Clint Malerchuk here in a second, too. During a St. Louis Blues game, Buffalo Sabres, St. Louis Blues, the Buffalo Sabres goalie Clint Malerchuk in March 1989, um, got his carotid, carotid artery severed. It got cut um, on the ice by a skate blade, and blood just went everywhere. So Malachuk feared the worst. With his mother watching, this is what he said. I didn't want her to see me die. And if you watch this video on YouTube, you will see his face after. So he, these two, the two players collide into the goalie. I guess a skate blade breaks off, goes off. I don't know how it did it, and but it broke off. It went into the goalies under his mask, sliced his face, his neck. And as you're watching, I can't watch it again. I almost, I almost had threw up. It was just disgusting. You don't really see it, but when you, you, uh, he throws his helmet off and he puts his hand over his neck, and blood's just shooting everywhere onto the ice, dude. Like the the announcers didn't know what to do. They had to go to. They went straight to a commercial. All the players are just standing there and all like, "What the freak is going on?" Blood's just shooting out all over the ice, man. And you see his face. Like I'm not dying today. He, like he just saw. You saw the face of death when you watched this YouTube video, and it's really scary, man. Really scary. And they they he gets up and they he walks off the ice with his hand and people were putting his hand their hands on his neck and I guess they just stitched him up right there to not let the blood come out. I don't know what they did. I don't know how. I don't know how they saved his life. To be honest, I don't I don't know. Um, it was really really scary, man. There, there's a picture of it here. Um, it was for the Buffalo Sabers. He's on the ice. He's there's blood everywhere. It's so scary. Um, he's only 60 years old, so he's my mom's age. Grand Prairie, Canada is where he's from. His wife, Joan Alyssa Goodley, uh, he played in NHL, 74th overall pick in 1981. Uh, let's see, he played for the Washington Capitals and the Buffalo Sabres and the Quebec Nordics. I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it. Um, but yeah, that's it was a really scary moment there. Uh, I'm sure all the older hockey players, again, I was only probably around four years old when this happened, six years old. So I obviously don't remember, but I was around. He's 6'1", 185, caught left. Um, I, I don't know how he, I, don't under, I still don't understand. Like it said, uh, a player's skate made contact with his neck, slicing his carotid artery and partially slicing, it, slicing his jugular vein. Causing immediate massive blood loss. It could, if it was probably any further, he would have he would have been dead. He's the Ukrainian descent. I'll talk a little bit about him. Uh, he has a ranch in Carson City, Nevada, which is the capital, by the way. Uh, Malachik's nickname was the Cowboy Goalie because he was active in the Calgary Alberta Rodeo uh, during his hockey seat off season. <laughs> That's pretty cool. He released a biography, The Crazy Game, back in November 2014. If you want to get that book. Uh, following its release, Clinton, Joan, uh, Mallerchuk were public speakers about topics covered in the book. 
about obsessive compulsive disorders uh, and the support for alcoholics and recovery and suicide prevention as well as psychological trauma. Um, uh, let's see. Man, this guy's been all over the place. Check this gunshot incident back in 2008. Suffered, uh, according to his... Malachick suffered what, according to his wife, Joan, was a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his chin from a 22 caliber rifle at his residence in Fish Springs, Nevada after a period of stress and domestic problems. The incident was initially described as an accident while hunting rabbits, but Malachick and his wife since admitted it was a suicide attempt. Wow. Man, this guy's got a skate blade to the neck and a gunshot to the head. This guy don't play around. This guy's tough. But looking at the... Uh, Life of Clint Malarchuk after slicing, getting his neck sliced by a skate blade back in 1989. Still living, still kicking, still rock and rolling. And that was uh, our top four most, top ten most scary sports moments of all time at number four. Kind of anxious to see at the top three is going to be if that was number four. Jeez, that was, that was a scary situation there, especially if you see it live in an, or at least a video. I don't recommend you looking at it, but I recommend you looking at it. <laughs> so there's our Monday recap for the day. Really did a good on the UFC fights, by the way. So stay tuned for my UFC picks if you really want to get some money in.